Chapter 43 Homecoming The conversation about Gwen becoming king couldn't continue, and August found himself not despairing, but turning to patience. Water could wear anything down, and Gwen's stubbornness was stone-like. Still, there was no point pursuing the subject. He'd found Gwen some dried fruit, watched Gwen eat, each motion a furtive snatch that indicated how famished he was. There were indications everywhere. Many of his ribs were visible. His muscles had wasted. Before, when he'd been king of the Seely Court, he'd had some body fat padding out some of his musculature, hidden in secret places that were softer than others, that August's fingers would find and scratch nails across, and it all seemed to be gone. August's hungry hands had combed him to see where Mercy may have marked him, but they felt nothing more than trembles and Gwen's wanting breaths. And that scar! Even for what Gwen had described— Infection, ripping an arrow out, it seemed much more extensive than it should have been. The knotted, folded scar was an angry dark red in appearance, its reach frightening. It curved over the top of his shoulder, sent fingers of scar tissue underneath his arm, down his pectoral, across his shoulder blade. August could not fathom how ripping an arrow out could have done so much damage. Perhaps Gwen's light had something to do with it. He desperately wanted to get him to a healer to be certain. He couldn't look at it without seeing pain that still lurked. It was compounded by Gwen's reluctance to talk about it. Or anything. The demotion included. So he's collected some more awful experiences, then. Typical. His hands tensed by his sides as he watched Gwen wolf down dried apples and pears. This was nothing like those two weeks that Gwen let himself get tortured by Tigbalon. There was a fragility that he'd not seen before— it was more than Gwen's hunger or his physical pain. "'I know you're tired,' August said finally, hating the way Gwen looked at him as though every sentence was a prelude to an attack. "'But I think it's far more important to see if Golvi will raise you to another status and get you some more food.' Gwen looked apprehensive, but then they were still coming down from their argument. He'd never seen Gwen lose his patience like that before, never been yelled at to quite that degree. People didn't yell at him, not unless he triggered them during a scene, and no one had ever talked to him quite the same way Gwen had. In response, he was furious, but it was buried down in the waters of his mind. At the surface were a plenitude of concerns. His anger could wait. If he could make Gwen strong enough to bear it, he could lash out as freely as he wanted. He planned to. He had years of revenge ahead of him for all that he'd been through. Sweetness. August said, wishing he could do more for the worn state of Gwen's skin. The sunburn and who knew what else turning his eyes bloodshot, his cheeks a painful red. There had been scratches over his scalp, and Gwen hadn't seemed to notice a single one of them. I've never been, Gwen said quickly, to the unsealy court. We'll teleport to the Gwilwerdi, and you'll wait there while I inform Golvi and Ash. The Gwilwerdi is sacred, you're aware? Yes. Gwen said, no doubt pulling knowledge from any number of scrolls or books that he'd devoured. The Black Sentinels. We tried to ambush it while you were still in power. I remember, August said, smiling wryly. But none of the Seely could enter, nor could their weapons penetrate. I'll come, Gwen said, but I'll not be king. August sighed, watching as Gwen finished the last of the dried apples and pears. Gwen looked up expectantly for more before veiling his expression and putting on the cold facade that helped him cope. August was glad to see it, 
and relieved that he'd seen it so little while it had just been the two of them. He knew that meant something. Gwen's awe at seeing the Guilwardi for the first time forced August to look at it anew. He remembered with a pleasant clarity the first time he'd been invited to the Unseely Court, and had gone expecting to be unimpressed, despite having heard stories of the beauty of the Raven Prince's court. His first introduction was the Guilwardi, the entranceway that could not be touched by an individual monarch's magic, and stood unchanged over time. There were two long rows of giant black trees that grew forty meters upwards, their thick black boles dripping a sap that dried and clung to the bark like jewels of red amber. It had a peppery, sharp odor that eased the minds of many unseely, and August had secretly wanted Gwen to wait there while he notified Golvy and Ash, in the hopes that it would have an effect on him, too. The canopies above tangled thickly, casting shade over a pale blue pathway made of a crushed stone. It glowed faintly in the dimming light. It was a long path, and the more one walked down it towards the unseely throne room, the darker it became, until finally one looked up and the unseely constellations could be seen, bewitched there by magic or some other force. At the end was a gargantuan arched wrought iron gate. Looking through it on the side of the Guilwardi, one only saw an empty field lit by the moon and its entourage of shadows, but the enchantment disappeared once the threshold was crossed. It became one of the larger entrances into the unseely throne room. Gwen forgot his meekness. He walked to one of the trees. He must have been hiding his soreness from August taking him, because he showed no signs of it now. August knew it would take longer than that to heal. He knew also that Gwen was practiced at hiding physical pain, a knowledge not only acquired on the battlefield, but at home. Gwen pressed his nose to the bark and scented it, dragged his palm across it, touched the sap where it was wet, making his fingertips appear bloody. He looked down the pathway, looked up at the canopy. It made August angry to watch him only now absorb something that was his birthright, three thousand years late. I'm going to notify Govi and Ash, August said. Gwen looked through a handful of leaf litter he'd scooped up from the ground. He saw Gwen pinch up a pale blue mealworm, and as soon as Gwen's hand rose to his mouth, August made a sound of alarm. Stop! The compulsion made Gwen freeze. His pupils blew out in terror. Gwen, no, you can't. Everything here is different, and likely not edible. The unseely court is a safe haven for some of the most poisonous species in the world. Drop it. Gwen's hand opened, dropped the mealworm. It took too long for the compulsion to wear off after that. They stared at each other. Gwen looked as betrayed as he had the time August had stabbed his fingers into his gut in the seely court. August felt stricken. Gwen wasn't even thinking properly. There was no way he'd do that if he had full possession of his faculties. Was there still some lingering infection? It was horrifying, but possible that this was all still the lingering shock of being newly underfay. The folk tales and stories were rife with wise wizards and accomplished soldiers who had been demoted, going off and getting themselves killed through the most foolish of deeds. The lesson was clear. Don't do something awful enough to get yourself demoted. But August never remembered being so plagued after demotion. Perhaps a combination of having spent so long at underfay status, alongside having six months of acclimatization in the cell. Don't eat anything, August said, and don't leave. He quickly walked towards one of the entrance lakes into the court for all who needed water to teleport. Gwen watched him go. August didn't miss the way both of his hands were clenched into fists. August went to Gulvy first. 
She was shocked to hear Gwen was alive, but after her initial disbelief, he could tell she was also pleased, even impressed, that Gwen had been found. He saw not anger, but signs of friendship, camaraderie. It was a relief. He was becoming convinced that Gwen needed more people in his life who supported him. There were pitifully few of them. They both went to Ash together. He allowed Gulvy to teleport him, keeping his body relaxed for her clawed grip. She still laughed under her breath, sensing his discomfort, enjoying it. He would have said something, but he held on to himself instead, loathing teleportation through air. Ash looked up from the book he was reading, marked a spot by folding down the corner of the page. Something long and from the human world, with moral particularism in the title. So, you're not killing each other? Ash said. Why the fuck does this not feel like a good development? I found him, August said. He's alive. He's never been in the Uncity Court before. He's waiting in the Gwilwerdi. Ash looked between them both, his expressions flitting from narrow-eyed anger to a slight frown of trepidation to something that was almost acceptance. He put his book down and stood up, reaching for his crown. August opened his mouth to say something. Gulvy beat him to it. Ash, is that really necessary? Maybe I just want him to remember that he's not the boss anymore. Of anything. Gulvy and August shared a look. At some point, one of them would have to talk to Ash about the plan. August thought he could convince Ash. For all that Ash pushed him around, for all that August knew he caved to his brother's demands, August had several ways of getting through to Ash, and he was partly certain at least one of them would work. But Ash respected Gulvy as well, and August wondered if it would be better if he heard the plan from someone who hadn't just spent a desperate, scrabbling few months looking for his once captor. Besides, even with Ash being convinced, Gwen wanted nothing to do with it. August sighed as Ash affixed his crown, stiff curls falling over sections of it. Gulvy caught his eye, her own black, opaque gaze taking in August's appearance and giving very little back. He would rue the day that he'd become someone who respected Gulvy, because it was clear she disdained him. Be careful with him, August said, looking at both of them. He's newly underfay, and his power was never trained. He's unpredictable. Fuck, Gulby said, a sharp syllable cutting across whatever Ash had been about to say. She reached out and grabbed Ash by the arm with a proprietary hand, then dragged Ash over and dug the claws of her other hand into August's shoulder. August screwed up his face as he became a brisk breeze. He locked up with tension at Gulby's method of teleportation. Bird shifters and their love of wide open spaces, the sky. Give him water and murk any day. They landed several meters away from Gwen, who spun immediately even as August walked forwards, hands coming up with palms outward. One of Gwen's hands rose, palm out, fingers clawed and shaking, eyes wide. He looked even more paranoid than before. Only needs a few minutes to assume we're coming to murder him. When this is all over, I'm going to rest at the bottom of my lake for a month. Fuck, Ash breathed. August ignored him, because he knew from the scars that wove their way from Gwen's palm to his elbow, those twisted furrows of flesh that were still healing. Gwen would use his light against them if he felt threatened enough. Ask for asylum, August said. Listen to me. Say the words. I, Gwen Apneed, ask the unsealy court for asylum. Gwen blinked at him in confusion, then looked past him to Ash and Gulvy. Cat got your tongue, Gulvy said from behind August, but there was nothing mean-spirited in her tone. What a wreck you are. 
You are terrifying the first time I met you. She walked past August, ignored Gwen's outstretched, shaking hand. Well, I've never much liked her anyway. Oh, come. You do remember, don't you? I certainly do. I was hardly ever contracted out to battle, much more suited to one-on-one scuffles. And there you were. I went for you. (laughs) Golvi laughed as she remembered it. Gwen's hand moved down slightly, a sharp motion. (laughs) What a feather on my cap you would have been. It was a timely surrender that ended up saving me from you. Now look at you. Asylum, Gwen said quickly, his hand clenching into a fist. He said it as though he couldn't quite believe what he was saying. I need asylum. But of course you have it, my unsealy warrior, Govi said, her voice warm. Will you nearly kill me again? Darling, we've had far more fun with a few ales between us and stories to tell. Do you think you have some? I do. Let me tell you how much fucking fun it's been. Queen in a dissolved court. She reached out with her clawed hand and took Gwen's fist in her palm, wrapping fingers around it. She looked down at the scars briefly, then maintained a steady eye contact. You and I need to have a tiny chat, yes? Gwen's eyes met August, and Gulvy hissed softly. No, not him. We need to chat. You'll have some explaining to do. Old law? Unsealy. Ring any bells? Gwen swallowed and met her eyes again. He drew himself straighter, though August didn't miss the way Gwen's injured shoulder couldn't stiffen in the same way. The scared creature they had just seen disappeared behind a mask of cold. If that is what you wish, Your Majesty, Gwen said crisply. Yeah, it is. And if you don't start calling me Gulvy again, darling, I will gut you. Ah, Gwen said. Gulvy encouraged Gwen away from August and Ash, towards the arched double gates of the unsealy court. August's ears were straining. A moment later, Gulvy waved her fingers impatiently, and a sharp breeze sprang up. The wind generated enough noise that anything Gulvy and Gwen said was muffled. August rolled his eyes. He looks bad, eh? Ash said absently. August looked at him in surprise. Ash was watching Gwen closely. It was supposed to kill him, Ash. Yeah, but... Please don't tell me you're having one of your dismal attacks of pity just from this. You'll argue with me, but take one look at him and change your mind? Honestly. Secretly, August needed Ash to start understanding where he was coming from. Where Gwen was coming from. He needed Ash to understand that he wasn't insane, wasn't driven mad by captivity again. That things weren't the same anymore. Ash sometimes looked at him as though the Nightmare King had just released him. He couldn't stand it. Ash looked at August, confusion on his face. August shrugged. He's not had a particularly good time, August said, though that statement stands no matter what part of his life you view. Now it's just visible. He betrayed us, Ash said. He hurt you, and he betrayed the both of us. Yes, August said. Gulvy and Gwen had stopped walking. Gulvy talked urgently, making gestures with her hands while Gwen watched, seemingly impassive. Every now and then he'd open his mouth and answer with a single word. Whatever she was saying, he didn't like it. He treats people the way he expects to be treated, August said. He's injured. His mother has been sending soldiers after him. Huh? I'm sorry, what? Ash said, turning and staring. It's... August cut himself off, 
he grimaced. He turned back to Gwen, who was speaking more often now. Gulvy had one hand on her hip and the other at her forehead, shaking it. He watched as she looked at him, then reached out as though to... console him? A camaraderly pat on the shoulder? But she was aiming for his injured shoulder, and he stepped back. A pause, and Gulvy and Gwen stared at each other for a long moment. When Gulvy spoke again, August wished he could lip-read. It's what? His mom is sending soldiers after him? For what? To bring him back into custody? No, August laughed. To kill him. Knowing her, to likely torture him to death. You know I killed his cousin while I was in custody. Ash made a small noise in the back of his throat. Wait, Evnissian? The one that got lost in the... In the... Some fucking cave somewhere? You killed him? Under Faye court, I was rather proud of that one. What the fuck, August? Were you trying to piss Gwen off? No, August said, turning away from Gwen and Gulvy. He couldn't track what they were saying. He hoped it was about kingship. He was being a nasty, uncouth little boy, and I decided to rip his jaw off. Gwen didn't mind. He covered it up for me, hence why you think he died in those fucking caves somewhere. Creel didn't buy it. She'll ruin him for that and more, if she gets the chance. August realized how much he was saying, and his mouth closed abruptly. With Ash, it was too easy to start talking. He needed to watch what he said around him. He didn't want to give Ash too much fuel against Gwen. He wasn't sure if Ash could see it in himself, but Gwen brought out something predatory inside of him. In the both of us, really. And Gwen didn't mind that you killed his cousin. Well, there was that nasty incident with the liver, but let's never speak about that. What the... Hell, he's a fucking sociopath. He really is on Sally, isn't he? August laughed. <laughs> I don't know why I bother sometimes, Ash. I tell you that his mother wants to torture him to death. And you, normally so compassionate, so generous with your sympathy, jump straight to assuming that... I'm just saying that maybe there's a reason his family didn't... Careful. August said, his voice turning soft. Insult him, if you like. Don't insult me or my intelligence. And don't insult yourself in order to pursue a grudge. I raised you better than that. I'm fucking confused, Ash said. I'm just... I am trying. I don't want to miss something this time, but it gets you hurt. August half listened. Gwen had bent over sharply, clutched at his chest. August started forwards when he felt a faint shimmer of energy in the ground around him, and then streams of glowing light appeared, coiling and writhing like snakes beneath the surface of the earth, moving towards Gwen. When the first one reached him, he jerked and then wrapped an arm around himself. Gulvy reached out to him. He stumbled away. Oh no, she fucking didn't. Ash breathed and sprinted towards them. August followed at a brisk walking pace. He didn't see the point in running. He watched the light curiously as Gulvy and Ash started to argue, Gwen too incoherent to participate. The light wasn't destroying anything. August had seen it not destroy things before. He wondered how many forms it had, what other uses Gwen could turn it to. Yeah, but fucking inner court? Ash shouted in response to something Gulvy had said, and she tutted at him as August came into hearing range. Qua! You get yours, I get mine. It's only fair. I'll keep my demotions away from your brother, dearest, if you can do the same with our unexpected, unseely surprise. I didn't want inner court. Gwen gasped. It sounded as though his throat was closing. His skin was glowing bright. He moaned, miserable. 
Hold on to it, August said quietly. Hold on to your light. You do it, Gwen said, a seething frustration in his voice that gave way to a harsh panting as he clutched at himself. But after a minute, the glow faded and he straightened, exhaled a long, controlled breath. The skin was pinched at the corners of his eyes, the corners of his mouth, and his skin was already worn and tight from all the exposure to the elements it had received. He directed a blank, almost cold look at August, but there was something beseeching in his eyes. August wanted to reach out to him, wanted to shelter him, console him, break him, bleed him. His wants had never been very straightforward. So it was good, then, that he wanted Gwen, who had as many complex and warring impulses as he did. Is this done, then? Golby said, waving a hand at Gwen and looking almost bored. She strode off ahead towards the double-arched gates, her boots crunching into gravel. You, when you were made king for that silly court, were supposed to come here immediately after your coronation to pay respects to the king of the time. You never did. What an insult that was. But then, only an insult to August court, so it hardly mattered. August made a sound of discontent. You haven't been here before, Ash said. Ever? You weren't curious? Gwen looked over his shoulder at Ash. He turned back again and didn't answer for a long moment. When they paused at the huge wrought iron gates, he stopped and looked up. I was curious, Gwen said, something faint in his voice. For as long as I... for a long time. Unfortunately for you, darling, you'll have to deal with the shitty court that August made. I'm truly sorry it's not the Raven Princess court you'll be seeing. But it matters not. Let's get this part out of the way. Golby swung the doors open easily, though they refused to move for anyone less than inner court status. She walked through, and Ash followed, his head held high. August could almost see it, could almost see what Gwen had envisioned when he'd imagined Ash and Golby as king and queen of the unseely court. Unconventional, but perhaps one day able to grow into their roles. If only Golby weren't so opposed to working within a structured environment. If only his brother hadn't been so damaged by everything that had happened. The throne room appeared. August winced to see it. There was truly nothing of the Raven Prince's court left marking the place with its beauty. But the space was still grand, cavernous, filled with shadows. It had echoes of stateliness. Gwen stumbled to a halt. August waited for some comment about how dire the place looked. No servants to receive them. Hardly any cleaning of significance done for some time, even with magic assisting the unseely common fake court keepers. Oh, Gwen breathed. We, very much. As I said, truly a fine piece of shit. Well done, August. Any time, August said smoothly. Well done in turn for having had over a year to change it, and having done nothing. Golvie's black eyes lit up with an inner fire, and she grinned at him cruelly, her hand straying down to one of her dagger's hilts. Now, now, you two, not in front of guests, Ash muttered. Gwen wasn't paying attention. He turned in a full circle, looking around in awe. What is it that makes it feel like that? He said, his eyes wide, almost dazed. August's brow furrowed. Golvie and Ash didn't seem to know what he was talking about either. If you mean it doesn't feel like the city court, that's because... No, I understand the city court is abrasive, Gwen said, passing a shaking hand over his forehead. Not that. There's a feeling of... niceness? It's not the right word. I can't think of... I've never felt anything quite like... 
He took in a great, shuddering breath and shook his head. It's kind. How can the unseelie court be kind? The seelie court isn't like this, even to seelie fay. Am I missing something? August stared at him, a sinking feeling moving through his gut. Ash went pale. Golvi stared at Gwen as though she hadn't seen him before. Zahkar, Ash said quietly. Oh no. Fuck no. Gwen turned to Ash for an explanation, then to August, looking pale behind his sunburnt skin. Golvi reached for Ash and nodded quickly at August. As in Zahak, the old king of the Uncity Court? Gwen said, looking at August in appeal. I'm going to have a long conversation with my co-king, Golby said with a forced brightness. Au revoir. Ash and Golby both disappeared, white feathers drifting down to the ground where they'd been. Gwen raised a hand in frustration. Could someone explain what's going on? What's the haka? Tell me, now. You'll need to sit down for this, August said. He didn't wait. He walked away, carefully not looking at the Nightmare King's throne where it tilted back against the wall. Gwen followed, pausing when he saw the thrones. August kept walking, not bothering to wait. Gwen could keep up if he wanted to. They made their way into a small antechamber that led into the palace proper. August led Gwen to a black marble bench. Gwen sat, rested his hands on the edge of the bench, fingers curling tightly. August sat next to him. What do I need to sit down for? How was it? Why did you react that way when I said it feels nice here? Honestly, it's not at all terrible. It's... You have no words for it, August said, closing his eyes. Not in three thousand years. No, but it's not bad, I promise you. Ah, Then you'll not want to hear this. Zahak was one of our oldest kings, as you know. One of the good ones. Well, quintessentially unseelie. We consider that wonderful. He left a legacy that isn't all recorded for public knowledge. I doubt he'll have encountered this phenomenon in any scroll. He was a mage, extraordinarily powerful, and he wanted to resolve any problems associated with monarchy in the future. Of course he couldn't. No one can. It's the unseelie court. People will get into power however they wish, regardless of the Zahakar. But Zahak created a charm that would create a feeling of homecoming for any future monarch that might enter this court, to guide the unseelie court, to guide future monarchs. Gwen said nothing at all. August turned to see his expression, but Gwen faced the other way. (laughs) I've never felt it, August said, laughing under his breath. Ash has never felt it. I can't speak for Golvi, but I assume she has not. You'll have to ask her. The last one I know who felt it was the Raven Prince. It was how he knew he was to be king. He once told me he tried to resist it, but the feeling of well-being and homecoming was too strong. He was compelled to come back to the court. The charm is supposed to be quite strong. Gwen took a deep breath. Gwen? August hesitated. Gwen, have you never felt at home before? Not even in your cabins? Be quiet, Gwen said, his voice weak. I don't know. I'd never given it much thought. Don't give me words like nice and kind. Perhaps it's not the Zahaka. Tell me what it feels like. Try. Gwen rubbed his hand over his face and then turned towards August, refusing to look at him. After Tigbalon, I came back and you... 
We fucked. You remember? You stayed with me afterwards, for so long. And I felt something almost, almost like this. As though something was around me, and I couldn't be hurt. Or, or not easily hurt. August was filled with a wave of sudden revulsion, and he stood up, baring his teeth in frustration. It wasn't supposed to be like this. None of his life was supposed to be like this. Not soul bonds, not falling in love with emotionally stunted Fay. None of it. He took several deep breaths, ignoring the way Gwen said his name in concern. Congratulations, August snarled. Every time I think you can't get more pathetic, you manage. Congratulations. After all this, you... You're upset, Gwen said, frowning. Why are you so upset? I believe I should be the one angry that apparently I've stepped into some possibly faux prophecy about monarchy. You don't know what it's like to feel at home somewhere. August's teeth clenched. All this time, and you only know it now because a charm forced it on you. You should have had this. At least once. Gwen stared at him, and August resisted the urge to drag his nails across the wall, or Gwen's face. Twice, maybe, including that time with you, Gwen said finally. I don't know. August raised his eyebrows impatiently, waiting for Gwen to explain himself. Gwen scratched at the back of his neck. He stared off into the distance. It feels as though... as though... I had a cabin once. The first cabin that became mine when my heart song turned to wildness. And I thought I would become feral, but instead I had landscaped the land around the cabin. You saw it. And I... made it mine. I would see it after hunting or ranging or roaming, and it would be as though I had lit a candle inside my own chest, only to see it. Can you imagine? It was such a strange and alien feeling. And I worked so hard to even... get that. It was months in the making. And yet I can come here, and through no work at all, feel that same candle. I don't understand it, August. I can feel such a thing now because of a lie? The charm isn't a lie, August said. It's a resonance. It says you're meant to be king. It invites you to stay in your rightful home. I have to admit, I'm feeling quite vindicated. But it means nothing, Gwen said, his voice faint. You, Ash, Golvi, all in power, clearly it's not... Did you never notice that none of us really seem suited to it? August, I'm not suited to being a king. I don't want to rule over anyone. You... <laughs> Gwen began to laugh. August, listen to me. What role do I prefer when it is just the two of us? What king likes to be on his knees with someone's cock down his throat? This again. Gwen had never been able to reconcile his submissive nature with his authoritative roles. It bothered him. August didn't believe any of it. He'd seen countless high-powered clients that held positions of authority. He knew Gwen's attitude was influenced by his parents, by his old heart song of triumph. That core energy would never have permitted the fact of his submission. And yet Gwen practically destabilized it himself to find his way to August that first time to ask to be broken and remade. August pursed his lips. The Raven Prince used to enjoy being flogged, he said, carefully. Gwen stared at him. August raised an eyebrow in response, and couldn't think of any other example he could use that might illustrate his point. He felt uncomfortable, revealing his intimacies with the Raven Prince like this. But he wanted a particular outcome, and he would use anything in his disposal to get it. Your status has changed. How is your shoulder? And your ass after I took you? August. August smirked. The shoulder is the same. 
perhaps somewhat better. It's hard to tell. It aches. Everything else is fine, I think. My rib seems to hurt less. But the pain isn't gone completely? No. You're like this, August. They used an ingrate blade on the bone. Every detail that August was learning about the demotion came piecemeal. He'd heard accounts that had spread out of the Seely Court itself, as they filtered through gossip systems towards the Unseely Court. By the time they reached the court, they were all colored through interpretation. He could only gather that it had been a shock to everyone, that Albion handled himself very well, that Gwen had collapsed at the end, and everyone had found that very shocking. I've noticed you avoid the subject of your demotion, August said. Have you? Gwen's shoulders hunched. Ah, so you have, August said. I don't feel well, Gwen muttered. I don't remember being this jarring the first time I went up to inner court. You're still avoiding the subject, August said, reaching and curving his hand around Gwen's upper arm. His fingers circled more flesh than they used to. Gwen had lost muscle everywhere. But this was his bad arm, and it had suffered the most. Even touching it made Gwen tense. It was Gwen who moved away from August when Gulby marched into the room, followed by Ash on her heels. He looked like he was ready for a fight, and he glared at Gwen with renewed venom. August held back a scowl. They were all tired. They all had strong personalities. There was nothing worse than a room full of tired, unseely fay, ready for a fight. Brace yourself. Hey, man, are you okay? Ash said, eyes narrowing at Gwen. That was unexpected. Yes, Gwen said. His voice was too weak. August frowned. Gwen's knees buckled and his arms came out, but there was no wall nearby to brace himself on. He ended up bowing forward, bent double. Was it his shoulder? Something else? August stepped forwards, placed fingers on his arm. It's nothing, Gwen said abruptly. The status change, I expect. But this was not normal, and Gwen was clearly under some duress. It shouldn't be that difficult, should it? Gwen went down to his knees heavily. A sudden gust of wind as Gulby's wings flared an alarm. Damn it, August breathed, everything clicking into place. Gwen wasn't even struggling to get up again. One hand wrapped around his torso, the other dug fingers into the ground. August's eyes widened in horror. Damn, he was starving before we came here. He's been starving for months. His body's using up too much to- And shut up and get him to the fucking kitchens, Gulby snapped. She reached out with her hands and looked briefly at Ash, a worried, scared look before grabbing both Gwen and August and turning them all into a directed breeze before August could prepare himself. He felt as though he were falling through a chaos of sensation, the strange feeling of incorporeal fingers in his incorporeal shoulder. They arrived in the main kitchen, far less stocked than the Seelys Palace kitchens had ever been. But there were still dried meats hanging from the ceiling, and August unhooked several, nose wrinkling. Golby led Gwen over to a heavy wooden bench. Gwen muttered something about being fine, needing a few minutes. A heavy pulse of alarm was winding its way through August's body. Gwen was starving to death. August knew very well what an abrupt status change could feel like if one hadn't fed enough beforehand, and August wasn't nearly as hungry as Gwen when he'd been moved from capital to intercourt status by Ash. August thrust cured meats into Gwen's hands, noticed how badly Gwen was shaking as he raised one absently to his mouth and tore into it. He and Gulby shared a look. Her face was concerned, eyes squinting with annoyance. How did Ash take the plan? August said, and Gulby looked down at Gwen and shook her head. Ash doesn't want this, Gulby said, 
neither of them. I can outstubborn Ash because, poor darling, he never wanted this. But nor does this one, and I can't outstubborn him. Gwen said nothing, but it was obvious from the faint glare on his face that he didn't like being the subject of conversation. He ate with increasing veracity, until all court manners were forgotten, and he was simply trying to sate his hunger. August would have suggested finding Faye to kill with his light, but if that wasn't holding long enough, perhaps Gwen needed a dual diet. After all, he'd been surviving for long enough without feeding his light. Perhaps his body had compensated somehow. He had no idea. We need to find him a healer, August said. A good one. With what funds? Unless you can finance one from your own pocket, one that is trustworthy, then you can't. Alusha, Gwen said around a mouthful of sausage. I can pay. La, Golby said, with a snarl of anger in her voice. Of course you know about Alusha. You tried to have her killed, didn't you? Yes, Gwen said without compunction. She kept healing the soldiers and generals I wanted dead. It was very frustrating on campaigns. Nothing else was said for long minutes as Gwen continued to eat. Eventually he got up himself, August relieved to see him able to push himself upright, and went straight to the bowl of eggs, cracking each and eating them whole and raw. August couldn't watch. It was disgusting. It was a reminder of reality. This wasn't the Gwen he was used to spending his time with. Gulvy watched with a calculating expression on her face. I won't be king, Gwen said, tossing eggshells into a compost sack. But I can look over that list of noble families for you. We can go through it together. I'd like to go through your ledgers as well. I'm not sure I can be much help, Gulvy, especially if you won't accept it. I'll take what I can get, darling, Gulby said, but not now. It won't take a moment, Gwen said, and then... No, Gwen, Gulby said, her voice turning sharp. You are exhausted. You look terrible. I order you to rest, and then to keep eating. This disgusting creature can go with you, if you want him to. Use whichever of the guest rooms you like. Nothing can be done now. You frankly look too ill for me to listen to any advice that you have. August expected that Gwen might chafe under the order, as he had under August's compulsions, but instead Gwen closed his eyes in something like relief. He nodded. I shall organize for Lucia to come by, Gobi said, scratching at a wing joint, and for more food to be delivered. You say you can afford it? How? I've sequestered funds, since I was young. I always thought that my father and mother might disown me and cut me out of the Anne Finwee estate. They threatened it often. I developed a habit of hoarding independently of the Seely system. I continued later because it seemed like an intelligent thing to do. We could use funding, Colby said speculatively. Then approach the unseely noble families. You must, otherwise they'll take offense that you've accepted funding from. La, no, what did I just say? If I stay, you and I will end up talking shop over ale, and I'm not interested in anything you have to say while you look like you've been pulled through a knothole. Rest. We have time. What urgency is there now? The court already looks like it's been through several wars and come out the poorer for it. We cannot sink much lower. Gwen nodded, flinched when August placed a hand at his elbow. Come along, August said. August half expected Gulby to crow something triumphantly at them, some dig or verbal snipe, but she held on to her words as they walked into the twisted, shadowy depths of the unseely court. Her boots were heavy on the ground as she walked in the opposite direction, likely to find Ash. He could trust her, at least, to talk sense into his brother, to keep him grounded. The amount of times Ash had visited him and told him stories of how Gulby had talked him out of some crazy plan 
seemed to happen as often as Ash came and told him stories of how Golby had talked him into a crazy plan. Gwen didn't seem to quite believe where he was. August could sense him withdrawing into himself. Without teleportation, it was another fifteen minutes before they reached the heart of the Unseelie Palace. There were spiraling staircases, up and then down again, for August had ended up setting his palatial rooms on the ground floor, disliking the sensation of being up in the air. The palace itself had multiple stories, but the central rooms for himself, his inner court, guests, all of that was hidden away, folded into the center and difficult to find. August decided to find a different room than the one Ash had given him. He opened double doors into a sprawling guest room, a large bed with dark fabrics surrounded by furniture made from the dark red wood of the night cherry. There is a faint odor of dust. It would have to do. August ran fingers along the top of a chest of drawers and sighed, rubbing the dirt off his fingers. Gwen stood, awkward, looking around. Did the showers work? Gwen said. Yes. August pointed towards a closed door, a solid panel of black wood. You should find everything you need, except clothing. I can wear this again, Gwen said, shrugging. He stood for a while longer, looking at August as though he wanted to say something. August waited, but Gwen ended up walking past him, disappearing behind the door without a word. August heard the sound of cabinets opening and closing, and then water running. He could sense the scalding heat of it, winced. He paced, impatient. Gwen was inner court, a healer was coming, things were improved. But the relief he'd felt at seeing Gwen alive had been washed away with new concerns. August had tried so desperately to keep control of himself the night before, only to hear Gwen whisper sweetness and lose his way. Yet Gwen couldn't even recall having done it. But August heard the emotion in the word, felt crushed with rage and affection, and a vindictive need to claw his way into Gwen's heart the same way that Gwen had burnt his way through August. Time passed. Thirty minutes or more must have gone by before the shower shut off. By then, August was irritated, scraping his claws repeatedly into his palms. It was on impulse that he stormed through the bathroom door, finding Gwen in the process of toweling himself dry. His hair was a wet, curled mess. Gwen whirled, eyes wide, hand already raising. The underfate instincts weren't gone yet. Gwen might be marked by them for the rest of his life. None of that, August snarled, grabbing his wrist and digging his fingers into pressure points. Gwen made a strangled sound, tensed, fought back. Their even statuses meant that August had to really pit his strength against Gwen's, as Gwen pushed hard against him, tried to twist his wrist out of August's grip. Even weaker, musculature lost, Gwen was too powerful, and August dove for the pressure points under his sternum, knuckling into them and pushing Gwen back against the wall with force. Gwen cried out as his shoulder hit tile. Steam was thick in the room, coating August's throat and lungs with a heavy, welcome dampness. Easy, easy, hush now, August said as Gwen struggled, his voice a rush of darkness. Settle. Gwen's head thumped back against the tiled wall. He tried to jerk his wrist out of August's hand. August didn't let go. Fight back, Gwen. You're stronger than me. Gwen sagged slightly, looking at August, breathing quickly. Get on your knees, August said. Gwen closed his eyes, and August turned harsh fingertips into palms smoothing over his wet skin. He moved across his torso until he could point his fingers towards Gwen's cock then leaned in, nostrils flaring. I can feel it, you know, how much you want to surrender to me. That core of yours has been giving you trouble, hasn't it? Everyone heard about how much you didn't fight back when they demoted you. 
Gwen's eyes flew open, his face twisted in horror. He shoved at August, and August shoved back, growling at him. Gwen's teeth clenched together when his shoulder hit the wall again. August drowned the part of him that wanted to be careful. He needed something familiar. Wanted a darkness that felt more like himself. Not that, either. August hissed. Knees. Now. If you can give in to them, you can give in to me. August felt himself begin to get hard, and exhaled slowly. He wanted the back of Gwen's throat spasming around him, wanted not to think about any of the difficulties ahead of them both, the harrowing time he'd spent searching. Kneel. The compulsion hit Gwen visibly, even though he was in her court. Gwen's knees buckled, and he forced them back up with a rough noise of effort. He shook his head, eyes shut. When he extricated himself from the compulsion, staring at August and breathing heavily, August felt a moment of unexpected relief. He reached up and fisted his hand in Gwen's hair, pulling and exerting pressure. I mean it, Gwen. Did you think we were done with this? Hmm? That you would escape my wrath? That you could escape your own need to be hurt? To give in? Gwen whimpered. August's eyes flickered down and saw his cock hardening thick between his legs. He looked in Gwen's eyes once more, pushed down forcefully on Gwen's head. Gwen's legs gave and he went down to his knees, his back against the tiles. He looked up at August, pale eyes wide. August returned the gaze, saw a cloaked eagerness behind the cautious way Gwen stared up at him. He undid the belt on his pants, slid it off, and dropped it to the floor, the buckle hitting black tiles with a clang. He stilled when Gwen raised his fingers to the button of August's pants. They moved against him, sliding down the zipper, eyes watching him. But August didn't look at Gwen. He looked at the fingers, the shredded nails. Not much had changed there. Gwen's nails had always suffered from the way he trained and neglected himself. Hands off, August said when Gwen went to touch his cock. Mouth only. Gwen took a shaky breath, looked aside. Gathering courage, August said. Really? For cock? But you're so good at it. Be quiet, Gwen said, his voice faint. Demoted king, unseely, rejected by an entire alignment. Don't you want something to take your mind off things? The look when directed him was furious, his eyes narrowing on a glare. August smirked at him, reached down and tangled his fingers up in Gwen's hair, the other hand coming down and digging into the pressure point at his jaw, making it go lax. Gwen jerked, made a small sound of pain, but August was already thrusting his fingers into the wet heat of Gwen's mouth, claws scratching a familiar pattern across his throat as Gwen gagged at the unexpectedness of it. His whole body convulsed, and August kept him upright with the grip on his hair. Easy, August purred. Let me. Look at the response I'm getting just from my fingers. Impressive, don't you think? Do you think your body knows that you can't choke to death anymore? Gwen made a sound of protest, but his tongue came up seconds later and curled around August's fingers. His nostrils were flaring with every exhale. August tightened his fingers in Gwen's hair, and Gwen moaned. You've needed this, August said, which is good, because so have I. The look Gwen gave him was almost raw with want, and August dug his fingers into Gwen's throat with viciousness to see it, to watch him choke while still seeing that want in Gwen's eyes. Perfect. August slid his fingers back, and Gwen coughed, a hand coming up to his mouth as he caught his breath. (coughs) August, you... No, August said, taking his cock in hand and running the pads of his fingers along his length. He fisted himself in his fingers and leaned forward. Open. August, I... Gwen's eyes squeezed shut. He shook his head. August gentled his grip in Gwen's hair, massaged his fingers along Gwen's scalp carefully, 
sliding his fingers behind his ear and rubbing where the scratches weren't as bad. He doubted Gwen was aware of how he leaned into the touch. It was something he'd almost never allowed himself in the past, but a lot of his barriers were down. He'd been alone, and, August suspected, not coped well, for all that he had survived. His eyes skated to the scar on Gwen's shoulder, more red, more dark than before after being exposed to the hot water. You didn't take any care of yourself, August hissed, using his other hand to grasp at Gwen's scarred shoulder. Gwen tried to hunch away from the touch, and August's fingers pressed deeper into ruined tissue. Gwen whimpered. August knew Gwen had experienced worse pain, knew it because he'd seen Gwen recover from what Tigbalon had done to him. So some of this, he was sure, was psychological. You didn't take any care of yourself, so why should I take any care of you? I did, I did, I tried, Gwen said, shaking his head rapidly. I tried. Did you? You ripped an arrow out of your body. You got shot in the first place. I didn't hear them coming, Gwen gasped. I didn't. I was just... hungry and tired. I was so tired. I was... I didn't... I thought I was... Fuck, will you let go? Gwen's voice twisted up, and August loosened his grip on Gwen's shoulder, and then moved his hand to the side of Gwen's head instead. Gwen breathed harshly, his chest heaved. I tried, Gwen whispered to himself. I did try. Whatever bleak rage had been spreading in August's chest shrunk away, and August swallowed. He stroked his thumb over the curve of Gwen's ear. All right, August said. Let me take care of you, sweetness. I know what you need. You do, Gwen said, and August looked down in surprise when one of Gwen's hands curled around his calf. The grip was loose, but it was far more touched than Gwen usually volunteered when he wasn't high on arousal. Gwen's fingers tightened, and August thrilled at the strength in his grip. There was something possessive in it, though he wondered if Gwen was aware of it. His cock twitched, and he traced Gwen's ear one more time before smoothing his palm over the head of himself. I grow impatient, August said. Gwen nodded, took several deep breaths, and then turned towards August's groin without any more encouragement. He pressed his shower-hot cheek to August's cock, and August saw wet, pale blonde hair when he looked down, saw Gwen's nose scenting him. He exhaled and waited, dragged his fingers over Gwen's scalp, watching the way Gwen was disarmed by the touch. When Gwen's mouth, hotter than the steam in the bathroom, opened over the length of him, sucking at the side of his cock, August groaned. He closed his eyes, his head tilted back. Gwen was good at this. He possessed an eagerness to have his face buried between August's legs, likely anyone's legs, given his history. That couldn't be forced. Gwen lipped August's cock, curled his tongue around it, moved his way along the shaft until he could kiss the tip. The scratchiness of his lips made the sensation more acute, and August straightened and looked down at Gwen again, not wanting to miss the sight of Gwen on his knees like this. He might not have been king anymore, but it still made a beguiling sight. Gwen, August said, tugging on his hair. Get on with it. Lips resting against the tip of his cock became a shaky inhale, followed by wet heat swallowing him. August licked his lips, resisted the urge to thrust. That could come later. Already, like this, he felt more grounded than he had in some time. The heat around him was almost scalding, and Gwen kept taking him into his mouth, until August felt the head of his cock bump into the back of Gwen's throat. Gwen hesitated, took short breaths through his nose. What is it? August crooned, adding his other palm to Gwen's head and smoothing over the side of his face. 
undefay instincts kicking in? Gwen made a muffled sound of acknowledgement. Let me help you, August said, grinning. Gwen tensed. August tightened both of his hands and Gwen's hair and thrust forwards hard enough that Gwen was rocked back until his head hit the wall, protected by August's hands. His own hands came up, pawed at August's thighs, but August didn't stop, forcing his way into the narrow space beyond and then down, tilting Gwen's head to make the angle perfect. What might have been noises of fright or desperation couldn't move past the blockage in his throat, and August groaned at the vibrations moving around him. Settle, settle, August breathed as Gwen dug his fingers in particularly hard. Settle, Gwen. This is only the beginning. Come on now, calm down. Calm yourself, sweetness. You're in a court. You're fine. Gwen's throat was contracting around August's length. There was an increased franticness in his movements. August's arousal reached out with thick, delicious tendrils through his whole body. He waited another five seconds before he withdrew, keeping his hands in Gwen's hair the entire time. Gwen gagged, choked, coughed violently as August withdrew until the tip of his saliva-slick cock painted the side of Gwen's face. Gwen gasped roughly, small, desperate sounds falling from his mouth. August wanted every single one of them. My panicked creature, August said, his voice smooth. He shifted, looked down. Gwen's cock was harder than before, and he shook his head. My panicked creature that just wants to be throat-fucked. Could you be any harder? Gwen was calming his breathing, swallowing down saliva, shaking. He didn't answer, but turned his head towards August's cock, mouthing it, pressing patterns with a dexterous tongue. August watched, waited, moaning again when Gwen took August's length into his mouth, and then didn't stop when August breached his throat. Once there, the tightness was dizzying. Gwen swallowed around him deliberately, increasing the pressure, and then tentatively moved back and forth several times, before moving back enough to catch a breath. And just like that, Gwen was as practiced as he'd ever been, and August had to resist the urge to let his eyes roll up in the back of his head. He didn't often come from someone putting their mouth on him. He'd had clients do it in the past, and he enjoyed it, but he was often too controlled, too detached, and there weren't many people that could take him all the way in. He was long, and besides, in the middle of a scene, he didn't like to come before he was satisfied with how his client was progressing. He always had to hold back. But not now, and he didn't plan to. After a few minutes, Gwen moaning as he withdrew and caught his breath, August fisted his hands in Gwen's hair. "'I'm going to fuck your throat,' August said, and Gwen whined. There was something particularly appealing about having Gwen on his knees, trapped between the wall and his pelvis. "'Keep your mouth open for me.' Gwen rubbed at August's thigh. The movement was fast, hurried. It could have been a request to take it easy. It could have been enthusiastic assent. August didn't care. He shifted his hands on Gwen's head, finding a better grip, then thrust forward while pulling Gwen's head towards him. Gwen's throat worked in shock, and August bit his lower lip and savored the sensation of it as he rocked back and forth again, sliding deep into pressure and grinding his hips forward even more, making room for himself in that cramped space, wishing he could rub Gwen's throat with his fingers, thumb at his eyes to check if they were wet. But he wanted, needed, the control, and focused instead on taking Gwen's mouth, taking his own pleasure. It was a messy few minutes, Gwen catching his breath on the rare moments that August let him. There was a wet sob in one of the sounds that made August hum with pleasure, for that was when he knew that the roughness of it had brought Gwen to tears. He knew he wouldn't last much longer. It was with a series of hard, deep rolls of his own hips that he found his release, withdrawing enough to make sure he spilled in Gwen's mouth, not his throat. He shuddered, sensation rolling through him, listening to Gwen's hoarse moans, voice breaking. 
August groaned again in response, one of his hands finally softening in Gwen's hair, stroking at the drying curls over and over again as Gwen swallowed his cum. <sighs> Better, August said, glad for the lack of tremors in his voice, even as he shuddered in pleasure. Better. See? You're wonderful to fuck no matter what status you're at, but I do like it when I can hurt you so freely. And so do you. August slid out of Gwen's mouth and kept one hand in his hair, holding Gwen's head up and looking at his flushed face, his wet eyes and the tear tracks down his cheeks, his reddened lips. There was a small section that was bleeding, a dry crack that had split again at the force of what August had done. August looked at Gwen's red, flushed cock and smirked. My, look at that. He let go of Gwen's hair and stepped back, tucking himself, spit-slick but clean, into his pants and zipping them up again. He watched as Gwen leaned back against the tiles, focused on breathing. After a couple of minutes, Gwen's eyes cracked open, two confused slivers of blue. August, Gwen said, voice satisfyingly rough and used, his brow furrowing. Yes? Problem? August picked up his belt. Are you coming to bed? But... Gwen's eyes flickered to his cock, looking up at August again. You... You need rest, remember? Best not to overtax yourself. I... Gwen's brow furrowed further, and then he squeezed his eyes shut as if pained. His hand reached down, and before August could stop him, he placed the flat of his palm against his narrow belly. He avoided his cock. Look at that. Obedient despite the ache of it. Gwen, the things I could do to you. Perhaps I'm still angry with you, August said, though in truth he wasn't. Not now. He would be later, but his impatience, his frustration, it had disappeared down the back of Gwen's throat. Stand up. Come lie down. Gwen made a small sound of need, and then pushed himself upright with one hand against the back of the wall. He was still hard, leaking. He took several seconds to simply breathe. August looked at his teeth, still hungry, still wanting, but able to wait now, at least. He left the bathroom, undressing quickly. He could trust that Gwen wouldn't touch himself, even if he wanted to, not with someone else nearby. August had none of his own clothing in this room, but he needed nothing when he went to sleep, and Ash didn't seem to care if he turned up naked looking for clothing in his old wardrobe. He might mind now that he realizes you're fucking the person that he thinks of as a monstrous captor in the uncity court. He didn't slide into bed straight away, waiting for Gwen, who emerged several minutes later. His cock was still hard, but no longer leaking, it seemed. August turned down the blankets and pointed at pale sheets. Lie down, August said. Gwen did so gingerly, and August moved the blankets back over him again. He made sure he accidentally brushed Gwen's cock through the fabric five times, catching every hitched breath, enjoying himself immensely. Gwen looked miserable. In the end, August reached out and feathered fingers through his hair. Hush, August said. Later. How much later? Gwen pleaded. Later. Gwen averted his eyes, looked beautiful with the combination of frustration and pain that he held tightly to himself. August brushed his cock again through the blankets, and Gwen's jaw dropped. A gust of air burst out of his throat. <sighs> Gods, please, Gwen moaned. No, August said, smiling. He stood up and walked around the room curiously. 
he looked into the extended wardrobe, finding some simple, neutral clothing, fabric wraps. He liked none of them. He looked in drawers. He listened to Gwen shifting uncomfortably, and then growled softly and cut off annoyance. A full ten minutes passed before August came back to the bed. Gwen was awake, leaning back against the headboard, staring down at his hands. August may have addressed a lot of his own upset, but he knew it wasn't the same for Gwen. What is it? August said. Unsatisfied? Yes, Gwen said, his voice still rough. But it's not only that. This place, it doesn't matter where I am, it feels like I'm within someone's glamour. But that it is a kind, helpful glamour. I don't know what to do. This Zahaka, can it be... Gwen shook his head abruptly. Can it be what? August said, moving onto the bed and sitting against one of the posts at the base, leaning his back against it. I was going to ask if the charm could be turned off, but realized that I still want the feeling of it. Does that make me greedy? I haven't done anything to earn it. August sighed. He didn't know where to start sometimes with Gwen. I looked everywhere for you when I'd heard you escaped, August said, changing the subject. Everywhere. You have... You cannot conceive how haphazard it was, but I was determined. I just want to know why you didn't tell me where you were, or send a note telling me you were alive. Something. Even if you were scared of what we might do to you, or frightened of retribution, why did you not... August scratched idly at the embroidery beneath his fingers. Gwen, I gave you the pocket knife when I last saw you. I told you to look after yourself. I have, in some form or other, been by your side for some time now. Did you not think you at least owed me the knowledge that you were taking care of yourself? But I knew you wanted nothing to do with me, Gwen said, not looking up. I knew that. Just because you think you know something doesn't make it true. No, Gwen said, looking up at him. No, I knew. August, I didn't want to contravene the note your brother sent to me. I was under Faye. He's king. I... August stiffened, and then he leaned forwards as Gwen's eyes widened in sudden realization. Gwen looked away, his breathing speeding up, and August clamped down on a sudden, vicious anger. What note? Nothing, Gwen said. I misread it. August's eyes narrowed. He crawled towards Gwen, knelt by his side. Gwen refused to look at him. Misread what? Nothing, Gwen said quickly. It was nothing, August. The fact is, we both know I likely wouldn't have gotten in touch anyway, and so... Tell me what was in that note, August hissed and Gwen cried out sharply, bowing forwards. August lashed out with fingers knotted in his hair, forcibly pulled him straight again. Gwen was shaking, resisting the compulsion. He had the barrier back, it seemed, but every compulsion rocked him. Tell me, August said again, laying the compulsion with another. Gwen whined high and thin, and then August's eyes widened when a trickle of blood spilled from Gwen's nose. August let go of Gwen's hair abruptly, touched the blood with a careful finger. There wasn't much. A burst blood vessel. It wasn't that uncommon, but he'd never seen Gwen have to exert so much energy, indeed, any at all, to fight back against the compulsions. I will compel you again, August warned, and you won't go another round of compulsions until that barrier of yours is stronger. Gwen exhaled something like a sob. He sniffed, and then wiped at his nose with his fingers. He told me that you were safe, Gwen said, but it was obvious now that Gwen was omitting something. August growled, the sound deep, rumbling through the bed. Gwen wiped at the blood under his nose and shook his head rapidly. 
It's nothing, August. He told me that you didn't want anything to do with me anymore. I believed it. I only wanted... I only wanted you to be safe. August didn't move, didn't say anything. It occurred to him that there was far more malice going on with Ash's actions towards Gwen than he'd anticipated. Ash had said that the shadows had changed him. He had to hunt far more than usual, more even than August, and was more in touch with his predatorial instincts than ever before. Not only that, but Gwen had become the target of some of Ash's most difficult and least savory emotions. But he hadn't expected that Ash would do something so spiteful. Which was ridiculous. Ash was a predatory waterhorse. August had raised him. If he was angry enough, he could be very spiteful. Beneath the faintest sensation of being impressed at how underhanded Ash had been about it, he was irritated. More than anything, angry that Ash was so convinced August couldn't look after himself that he felt he had to take matters into his own hands. Gwen could have died, and August might never have known, and Ash... Would he have felt vindicated? Perhaps it's time you find out how badly Ash wants him dead. Perhaps there are greater threats here than you realized. Damn it, Ash. Hmm, August said, and then sighed. It was before you were demoted? Yes, Gwen said, his knees bending and one of his hands going around them both. He was trying to keep you safe. That's not up to him, August snapped. It's not up to anyone. I keep myself safe. And if I fail at that, then no one else answers to it except me. Gwen's eyes narrowed. His gaze slid to August. August had the distinct, uncomfortable sensation that he was being dissected. There was no way Gwen should have been alert enough to manage a look so calculating. Is that so? Gwen said, legs straightening, turning towards August. I couldn't help but notice that this entire unseedy court doesn't adhere to the old Raven Prince's vision of it. That it is, as Golby said, your vision. But it was never your vision, was it? This place doesn't belong to you. August's jaw ached as he ground it. Gwen scooted towards him and placed a hand on August's arm where it was braced against the bed. He used the arm of his injured shoulder to do it, and August couldn't help track the stiffness of the movement, even as he chafed beneath the touch. I heard what you said to Golby, that it hadn't been changed in over a year. So you must have come back here, after your release, to a place that, the last you had seen it, had only... Don't! August snapped. The reminders of him are everywhere, Gwen said, and August bared his teeth at him, grasped at Gwen's other wrist, the one whose scars were already turning pale and soft under his inner court healing, and dug his nails in. Gwen winced, flinched. I said don't. It's me, Gwen said, bewildered. It's me, August. I know you don't like anyone seeing you vulnerable, but you're not being vulnerable right now. I've seen you catatonic, remember? What did you only tell me a day ago? That you've had knives buried in me because of these things. Your point? August said sharply. Only that I wanted you to know that I've noticed. I know you don't talk to people about these things. And you have your brother now, of course, and I imagine you'd go to him first. But I have noticed. This place affects you. Can you not push Golvi and Ash to change it? August let go of Wynne's wrist. He shook his head. He adopted a faintly mournful expression. It is difficult. Maybe, I thought, if you were king... August said, and Gwen jerked backwards. He let go as though August had bitten him. That's low, August, even for you. Is it? August said, abandoning the pretense of vulnerability. It remains true. You could have this place changed in a day. I've seen you with palace permissions. 
It's the only way it would happen. Golby and Ash's sense of interior design will never synchronize. This place will look like a shadowed, darkened mess forever. Gwen's lips pressed together. He glowered. But August realized there was truth to it. He swallowed. He couldn't stay in this court if it continued to look this way. There were too many bad memories attached to the shadows, attached to certain dips in walls, behind particular doorways. August pulled back the blankets, looked at Gwen's worn body, his cock where it lay limp between his legs, startlingly fragile. Gwen hadn't put on any musculature after being put back up to inner court status, which meant that all of Gwen's natural, muscular build, all of it, was his own. It was startling. His hair was starting to look healthier, though, at the roots. His sunburn was healing already. The wounds at his forearm where he'd used his light were fading. August trailed his fingers up Gwen's thigh as Gwen watched him, something cautious in his gaze. Does it hurt? August said. The feeling of home, of homecoming. The last he saw of Gwen's face, as he ducked his head, was Gwen swallowing visibly and his mouth parting. He pressed his lips to the hollow beneath the last of his ribs, licking at the shower-fresh skin, tasting it. He scraped his bottom teeth against it, too light to be anything but the faintest of threats. Gwen shuddered beneath him anyway, and August smirked as he trailed his fingers closer to Gwen's cock. Gwen didn't reply. Your parents did you a grave, unforgivable wrong, and then punished you for their mistakes, for thousands of years. Your mother's still doing it. Gwen shifted up onto his elbows, his breath shaky as August kissed slowly down Gwen's belly, mouthing the vulnerable skin, knowing exactly how he would tear into his viscera. He couldn't be near people's softest parts and not know how to rip them to shreds. It was a gift he gave, to be tender, to offer the firmness of his lips and the trail of his tongue, his hair clinging to Gwen's skin. His fingertips trailed lightly against the side of Gwen's stiffening cock. August made a decision in that moment. He paused something old and ancient and angry surfacing inside of him at the thought of it. Everything is different now, remember? He kissed his way to the crease where thigh met hip, slid his tongue along it, caught Gwen's choked breath and the jump of muscles beneath his skin. His fingers found the soft skin of Gwen's balls and traced over them, massaged gently. Gwen gave a sound that August had heard dying people make. August! Sweetness. August whispered, and Gwen made the sound again. Fainter now. But each of his inhales were huge, giant things. August's mouth continued inwards, towards Gwen's cock. August felt something strange and frail in his own chest, and knew he could smash this moment apart. He knew he could simply refuse to do this. To never do it, as he'd never willingly done it in the past. But he was curious, and Gwen was already twitching and gasping above him. Gwen's whole body locked up when August pressed closed lips to the side of his cock, and then August's eyes narrowed as he smelled fear, metallic and cold, rolling up from Gwen's heated skin. You can't, Gwen said, his voice shaking. You can't. I'm not. You don't have. I'm I'm not. I wouldn't make. August. Ah, there it is. Guilt. I know I don't have to, August said, each of his breaths landing on the skin beneath his mouth. However, I have two conditions. August looked up and felt somewhat satisfied at the apprehension on Gwen's face. Don't touch my head and don't ask for more. Anything, August, anything, 
Gwen said, sounding so eager that August almost wanted to purr. Especially as Gwen still had that fearful expression on his face, his eyes still wide and disbelieving. August pressed his lips back to Gwen's cock, keeping his tongue inside his mouth, simply feeling the heat of Gwen's erection, the texture of his skin. It was very different, doing it this way. And with no pushy hands in his hair, no force on his scalp, it didn't feel as demeaning. If anything, with Gwen shaking and making small, choked-off noises as he sank back to the bed, feeling the sheet tighten beneath his body as Gwen clenched it up in his fingers, he felt powerful. He took his time kissing his way to the top of Gwen's cock, and then touched his teeth to the flare at the base of the head. Hardly any pressure at all, certainly not enough to be painful. Gwen moaned sharply. A moment later, the sound cut off. August withdrew and looked up, and Gwen was staring up at the ceiling, his own hand over his mouth. Move it, August said, command suffusing his voice. Move your hand away. I want to hear you. Gwen's hand clenched and splayed, and then he moved it down to his side. His chest was heaving. He didn't make eye contact. Why do you like this so much? August said, curious. I'm hardly doing anything at all. I'm certainly not going to deep-throat you. I shan't be swallowing your cum. Anyone would think you'd never been touched before. Gwen moaned, was trembling. August curled his fingers around the base of Gwen's cock and squeezed, and Gwen jerked where he lay on the bed. Not just sensitive, but oversensitive. He'd made Gwen wait, after all. But this was a level of oversensitivity he hadn't quite expected. When was the last time you came? August said suddenly, not counting yesterday. Please, Gwen said, and then shook his head when August said nothing, did nothing, in response. When? August's mind raced as he tried to think of the last time he'd had Gwen in the seedy court. Gwen had shut down after the soul bond, which meant that the last time Gwen had been touched with anything like care, not counting yesterday, and they were both a little too dazed to make the most of that, was... Oh, Gwen, sweetness, no. After... When you crept up on me, with the invisibility. August's head dropped. He should have known. He should have known. My dear heart, wait for me, August said. Just wait a bit longer, all right? He didn't say anything when I told him later. Didn't even ask. Damn it. Anything, Gwen said, and August swallowed, lowered his head to Gwen's cock again. He sucked where the head of his cock met the shaft, increasing the pressure until it had to be painful. Gwen's legs bent, his hips were taut, the sheets growing tighter in his grip. There was the faintest hint of a sound. Gwen cried out when August began to lick lines along his cock. His voice fell into silence when August curled his tongue around the tip, and then kissed him as thoroughly as he might kiss his mouth. At no point did hands find his hair. Gwen didn't thrust upwards. Though August could feel the strain in his hips, knew he wanted to. He wrapped his hand around Gwen's slick, pulsing length, and started a firm, languorous rhythm, even as he arched over Gwen, and looked at the way his eyes were squeezed shut, the redness of his lips where he must have dragged his teeth over them, the split in them still bleeding. August leaned down and kissed at it, tasted metal and ozone. Please, Gwen said, his voice breaking. August shifted his grip on Gwen's cock, so that his palm rubbed over the head of him with every stroke. Gwen was practically writhing beneath him now, and August wished he had a cross, toys, restraints, Something, because this was a Gwen he wanted to torment, to pull out oversensitive response after oversensitive response until Gwen was screaming for him. But he would get that. He would. 
and it had been a long day for the both of them. Break for me, August growled, squeezing his hand to the point where he knew it would hurt. Gwen bucked beneath him, his eyes opened unseeing, head tilted back on the pillows. Come on, Gwen, stop holding back. I can hear that you are. Gwen's hands both let go of the sheets at the same time, and his palms flew up and were covering his face before August could tell him to stop. And just as August opened his mouth to order him to move his hands, Gwen's hips bucked hard twice into August's hand, and liquid heat spilled hot over August's palm and fingers, spurted onto Gwen's belly. The sound Gwen caught with his own hands was wrecked and loud, still imprisoned. August watched him, mouth turning down at the corners. He rode out Gwen's orgasm with him, moving his hand, milking him, drawing out every last muscle spasm, shiver, and hitched breath. And then Gwen went limp, and August kept his hand over Gwen's cock, possessive. August knew something was wrong. He waited. Gwen wouldn't move his hands away from his face. He wouldn't look at where he was. To unsteady court. Wouldn't look at August. You need some sleep, August said, but didn't move. I can't, Gwen said, voice rough. He'd moved his hands enough to speak, but kept them over his face. He looked like a child trying to hide from the world. August sighed. He wanted things to be easier than this. But he knew better. Things were never easy. Certainly not now. I don't have a gag. August's brow furrowed. He tilted his head at that, confused, and then his eyes widened. You didn't, August said, mind putting the puzzle of that statement together. Gwen as underfay would have needed more sleep, but his nightmares were harrowing, loud, and... Tell me you didn't gag yourself. He shuddered at the thought. I had to, Gwen said. I have a feeling I'm not going to like any of the details of Gwen's demotion all the time after. I've not liked any so far. Honestly. You don't need that now. No one's going to hunt you here. But... Gwen's voice broke again, and August let go of Gwen's cock and slid up his body until it could cage Gwen's head with his forearms. He looked down at Gwen, frowned at him. Tell me, August said. If I sleep, I'll wake up, Gwen said, voice strained. And I'll wake up. And this will be gone. August's eyes closed. His forehead rested on Gwen's knuckles where they were pressed over his face. Gwen wasn't like him. He didn't freely offer endearments once he knew he loved someone. He didn't display his care like that, and he didn't take those sorts of risks. But there were signs of it everywhere, and August couldn't miss them. And this one clutched at him, hurt him, made him feel like he was in unfriendly waters and didn't know how to navigate. Nothing will be gone, I promise, August said. He pressed his lips to Gwen's fingers, but he could feel it himself, couldn't he? There was a shakiness to them both. They had hardly learned how to be around one another when they were both stuck in the Seely Court. Now, in their current situation, he felt as though he was learning Gwen all over again. And in some ways, he was. He was scarred, hurt, he carried new wounds with him, inside and out but he still tasted and smelled like Gwen, still reacted the same way, still looked at August with that naked want in his eyes. You've forgotten something important, August said, his voice smoothing out. What? Gwen said, sounding lost. You never have good dreams. There was a pause, and then Gwen laughed weakly. 
His hand slid away from his face, and August looked at him, found his eyes. I don't, Gwen said. I never do. You need the sleep, August said. You need a proper sleep cycle, don't you? Gwen's face became oddly composed, and he nodded grimly. August thought that Gwen faced sleep the way soldiers might face the enemy. They didn't say anything else, not even when August went to get a cloth from the bathroom and wiped at the sticky mess of cum on Gwen's belly and his hands. August took it back into the bathroom, rinsed it, came back and laid alongside Gwen as he drew the blankets up over them both. He slid his hand around the back of Gwen's neck absently, looking for a scar, and felt nothing from the bite he'd unleashed on Gwen's skin. I'll just have to find other ways to leave my mark on him. You seem strangely all right with being here, being in an unseedy court, being one of us. Gwen nodded slowly, his movements slurred under the weight of his tiredness. August, everyone knows. I've had people shouting it at me. I've not been able to run away from it. I was too busy trying to run away from them. August rested his head on Gwen's good shoulder and looked across his chest. He placed his hand over Gwen's heart. The beat was normal, even slowing. August rubbed soothingly, and Gwen hummed in response. At least they don't know you're here, August said, closing his eyes. Gwen said nothing, then grunted softly. There's a tracking spell on me. I'm sure that they do. We'll get a mage. Break the spell. August yawned. He draped a possessive thigh over Gwen's legs. He turned his head slowly and then bit hard at Gwen's skin. Beneath him, Gwen's breath hitched. August's eyes widened in shock when a hand carefully rested on his back. He couldn't believe how much more forward Gwen was being. He still couldn't really ask for what he wanted, but even this much progress was welcome. August pressed his back into Gwen's hand, and Gwen curled his fingers, moved his hand clumsily. I thought about you, Gwen said, his voice sleep-soft, the words a connected blur. I tried not to. It hurt a lot. But I did anyway. Good, August said, moving closer. He had a brief moment to wonder how Ash might react if he found them both, and then decided he didn't care about that either. It's so nice here, Gwen said, tiredness making his words vulnerable. Can I stay even if I'm not king? August cleared his throat, squeezed his eyes shut. My dear heart, do you not understand how asylum works? It's been granted to you. You can stay here forever, if you wish, until you're safe again. I'll never be safe, Gwen said on a faint exhale, before dropping off into the sleep he'd been fighting back. August waited several minutes, feeling the slower thump of Gwen's heart, listening to the even cadences of his breathing. Then perhaps you might just stay here forever, August said. When he realized he was essentially cuddling Gwen while he slept, he laughed under his breath, too tired to shake his head at himself. Contempt and disdain and affection moved liquid and soft through him, lulled him until he tipped over into a doze, glad for the beat of Gwen's heart against the palm of his hand.